prefers getting turned like a turn on some Bobo for Shukapati are coming at you with stats and things slapping their wings. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I'm gonna get drunk. Where them beers, where them beers. All bottles on Mr. Lurie tonight. Damn, that's gonna make me throw up. What was it like to have Bradley Cooper in the booth? We the best. No one could have got me a Caprice. Where's the ball security? Touchdown, Tom. Loser. Nick Foles never lost a Super Bowl. Welcome on in to Birds with Friends Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you and with me and with us for this hour. Shiel Kapadia, Bo Wolf of The Athletics. Shiel, how are you? Doing well, Joe. Good to be here. Bo? Feeling great. You sound great. You sound like you're ready to roll. I'm ready to go. Well, the Eagles, they weren't ready on Sunday, but they that, the game was so weird on Sunday. When they were down 19-3, I felt like everyone just was just packed in the season. Like, they're going to get blown out of their home building by a bad Giants team. And then they had their, I mean, really, the, their moment where they had to either save the season or die, just flame out, and they did it. They came back. Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm of two minds. On the one hand, they get credit for not folding. You know, we said last week, expecting that if things turned for the worse, you know, this season could get fairly ugly and they could sort of fold and who knows what would happen after that. So they get credit and Doug Peterson gets credit uh, for having a locker room that was ready to bounce back. At the same time, as you said, I mean, this was a bad team. They were playing at home. They still did not play a very good game. They gave up however many yards it was in the first half. They couldn't get out of their way on offense. Once again, we saw all the same problems that have been a problem all season long, especially over the past few weeks. And they just barely squeaked by. And all that said, here we are talking. They've got their favorite at home this week. The Cowboys are seven and a half point underdogs against the Saints, and there's a you know a, a better than fifty fifty chance that they're playing for first place next week. Yeah, we might wake up Tuesday morning, Shield, and everyone in the NFC, so those top three are going to all be six and six. Like this thing might be tied next Monday night. I think that's what it's going to take because you are right. You know, I, I was sitting in the stands for the games of the McNabb Reed years, and there was just sort of. As good as the team was some of those years, there was kind of, in the big games, you know, the, the Panthers game and the Bucks game, the sense of doom and gloom. And, you know, it wasn't like that on uh, on Sunday, but there was still a sense, you're right, of just like, that's it. The season's over. over, and you're just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. And the Super Bowl did not erase that for sure. And it's funny, I've been trying to gauge the pulse of the fan this week, and I don't feel like everyone's sort of, into it and feeling like, all right, they're going to win Monday night and they're back in. And I think it is going to take the Cowboys losing Thursday night, the Eagles winning Monday night, and then and then perhaps next week will be uh, will be fun as people look at it as a realistic possibility of them jumping back into this thing. And it depends how they win on Monday yes. night too, because if it's another you know ugly squeaker that they barely get by on, is that going to be exciting too? Then again, you're going to Dallas. You got a chance to beat Dallas for first place. How could you not get amped for that? Let's, well, I don't know. I mean, you have to get amped for that, right? Like, the, the, If you looked at this Eagles season and I just plopped you down and you didn't watch a minute of it and I just told you the reality of it, you'd say, all right, they've got a chance here. That, that, and that, to me, is a much, it's a much bigger deal than I think people are giving it credit for because this team has been bad for most of the year and now they actually have a chance to make the playoffs. It's true, and, but if you if you just plopped me down and said, all right, there, this is their record, then I would say, oh, well, maybe, you know, Wentz came back and they got things going and, you know, the last the game. The devil's in the details yeah, here. Yeah, right, it really is. I mean, you see teams, you're right, five and six is not the end of the world specifically in this division. It's just how is the team playing when they're at five and six and is there that ceiling and is there that hope that they can get some things going and be the team you expected them to be? I mean, what are we talking about here? The defending Super Bowl champs with Carson Wentz and Colt frickin' McCoy's coming to town and it's like well 
everybody's like scared to death, probably, of this game, and rightfully so. It's right. unbelievable. Let's start here with our first big question of the night on, on Birds with Friends here. Do you feel differently about the Eagles' playoff chances to rebound and, and to, to make this an NFC East winning season now than you did before the game started on Sunday? you feel better, or do you feel worse or the same? I feel a little bit differently, not drastically different. I mean, mostly the same. I would say what I feel differently about is that number one is the offensive line. I think that was one of the better games they've played, and specifically Lane Johnson, who has been so up and down this year and battling through injuries, and Jason Peters, I thought, had one of his better games of the season. So I can almost convince myself in my head that, you know what, if this offensive line is starting to get to what it was last year, maybe it can make everything a little bit easier, and maybe there's a little bit of a reason for hope, even with all the other issues they have on this football team. I mean, in general, feel I same. feel better because they won the game. Like, Which is true. They, they didn't do that. Yeah. Last, you know, they hadn't done that a week ago. And so technically I feel better. But I still think that this is, this is just not a very good team. I don't, I, my opinion of, of the quality of this Eagles team has not changed. And, you know, I think there's still a little bit of delusion in the, in the, in the building about how good they are. You know, uh, last week we sort of gave Doug some, some guff for, saying, you know, we're a play or two away, and, you know, that was silly. They are not a good team. This week, you know, I asked Doug, you know, you won the game, but was there one call that you would have liked to have back from from the game? And he thought about it, and I appreciated that, but he said no. And, you know, they blew uh, 20 seconds of game clock at the end of the first half because they didn't have sharp clock management. They didn't go for it on fourth and five from the opponent's 48 in the first quarter. That's not something they would have done last year. They've done that twice over the last two weeks they did that only once all of last season I just I don't feel like they really appreciate how much they need to change and fix to make this team better than it currently is well I think that leads us into our second big question to start off this week on birds of friends they they it felt like Doug Peterson was listening to WIP because I can't tell you how many times someone says to me or I'm listening and says run the ball Doug it's just like a plea to Doug Peterson well he ran the ball shield a lot on Sunday it was basically 50 50 run pass which is is not what they are. They're like 62-38, 60-40. That, that's kind of what the Eagles are under Doug Peterson. 50-50 on Sunday was what it was. Is that the formula? Did he find something on Sunday, or was that the game, this game? Well, that is not the formula to win in the NFL in 2018, to be quite honest. But when you're looking at this specific team, and I will give Doug Peterson credit for this, I do think he looked at the team overall. He looked at who he had going in the secondary, and he said if we – are not stringing together drives like my defense is going to have no chance. So I really think that that was a big part of it. It's such a weird way to play when you think of how you thought they were going to play mm-hmm. coming into the season. I mean, really, their only chance, you talk about the formula, yeah, it may be their only formula right now is to string together long drives, whether that is with the run game, whether that's with an efficient passing game, put together eight, nine, ten play drives, limit what the defense has to do. I mean, I, I do think that's how they're going to have to play. The secondary is so decimated that you just can't count on that side of the ball at all. I'm not sure they're built to play like that. You know, that was one game on Sunday. You're going to face a much better front uh, this Sunday. But I do think that's how they're going to try to play here going forward. Well, I think that is how they're built on offense. I think that was the idea in this offense all along and why you drafted a tight end in the in the second round because you want to play sort of ball control, whether that is running or or in the short passing game we have talked all season about how they are sort of missing that explosive element downfield I'm not sure that you know that is the goal if they're going to score points then score points you know score effing points as uh, a terrible head coach once said but uh, 
I don't necessarily feel that much better about the run game, but I think it goes back to what Shield said before, that the offensive line is is getting a little bit healthier. I think that's a big thing. And, you know, as much as uh, I don't necessarily think that Josh Adams is some, you know, fantastic young running back, I kind of, I kind of think it was time to give somebody the reins to sort of take that job and run with it and stop throwing these guys in and out. You know, Wendell Smallwood's giving you nothing. He's been killing you in pass coverage. Let Josh Adams carry the ball on first and second down. Let Corey Clement be the guy on third down and sort of run run with it that way. Well, th- this is the first time I think all year where it felt like the running backs were making something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just hasn't happened all season long. And I remember Josh Adams specifically had the one like 19-yard run where the defensive lineman had a hold of him right near the line of scrimmage. He bounced it outside. It was like, whoa, oh, that, that is still possible for running backs to do. Even Corey Clement. I mean, he looked like the guy in the Super Bowl on the one screen where he's running down the sideline. Two defenders close in. He breaks both the tackles, and he had two explosive plays in that game. So I do think there were legitimate signs of encouragement with the run game. I know Josh Adams' final numbers weren't great. I think those were a little bit distorted by the end of the game. I think on his first, like, 17 carries, he averaged 5.2, 5.3 uh, yards per carry. He and looks, he had the one call back. Right. He did have the one call back. That was yeah. a big run. Right. So he, he looked better uh, than, I, you know, than I thought his ceiling was. And more, like I said, I think the offensive line really – specifically uh, played better than it has for a lot of the season. If you had told me that this is the way the Eagles were going to win a game in week 12, I would have said, like, what? Yeah. Because I would have figured they traded for Golden Tate. You would think Carson that's, Wentz yeah, would that's feel... that's worked out well. Yeah, it is not. Uh, you would think Carson Wentz would feel better as the year would go along. Maybe you get more out of him. The, the way they're playing right now and the way Carson has played and the fact they haven't connected down the field, is are the Eagles going to try to grind it out the next five weeks? And especially with their defense, which probably will get a little healthier, but might not be where it needs to be all season long. Is this the Eagles now for the next five weeks? It feels like it. I mean, we have 11 games worth of evidence that they really cannot get anything going downfield. I mean, you meant that game against the Giants, who do not have a good defense, they threw it past 20 yards one time the entire game, which is incredible. Now, there are going to be other games this season where you're just going to have to score more to even be in it. I really think even without a vertical threat, they should be throwing it downfield more. I mean, with the amount that pass interference is called or Alshon Jeffrey on contested catches, I mean, I really think they should be doing that a little bit more. But, yeah, I think by and large it is sort of a grinded-out offense, and it's like one mistake they can't overcome. That's sort of been the story of the season. Doug said during his press conference that uh, they had a shot play called for Alshon on the play that ended up being the long Josh Adams touchdown run that was called back. They they uh, changed the script and went to a running play. And then they also had a, a nicely designed play downfield that guys were wide open, except that was the one play where the Giants schemed up that, that uh, little pressure. That is true. Uh, which yes. forced a sack. So, you know, they're calling some plays. But they're not they're not able to pull the trigger. I think it is a it, it, we have talked about it. This is why they wanted to bring in a receiver. It's an element that is missing in this in this offense right now. It just feels like the Eagles all year just look at themselves as this close. And I feel like when it ends, whether it's in the regular season or if they lose a playoff game here, wherever, that that's going to be after the game. Like we were this close. That's the, that's their whole season. That that will be a huge mistake if this season, if you know, it, it's not going to end the way they want it to end, regardless of what they do here. But uh, if in the off season, if that is their thinking and that it's reflected in their moves, or I should say, lack of moves, that's going to be very uh, troubling going into 2019. All right, let's hit on the passing game here, which we were kind of touching on it, but maybe more in depth because it has not hit. Car- and I think Carson Wentz and his. His part of this is interesting. So Ian Rapport had the story on Sunday. They, he had a, a little hit on the NFL Network saying, and I, this may have been some damage control from somewhere, saying that Carson's not really all the way back yet. He's yeah. not planting fully on his left leg. 
He's not throwing the ball down the field as well. And some of that stuff is obvious. He's not throwing the ball down the field as well as he did maybe at times last year. The passing game hasn't been great. Why? Is it? Is some of it Carson's not himself? Is some of it Doug? Is it the fact that Alshon doesn't really get open much? Yeah, that's not really his game. I mean, he he's not someone who's going to create four yards of separation and be open. It's like you, you give him a shot to make a play, and I thought he's looked pretty good with the ball in his hands. I mean, obviously, it's more than one thing. You can point to uh, the lack of a vertical threat on offense, the offensive line issues, Carson Wentz coming off of injury. If I have to choose one over all of those, I think I would go with scheme. And I'm I'm thinking if you took this group of players and handed them off to Andy Reid, Sean McVay, the Andy Reid stuff, everything comes back to McVay. And Doug Peterson was we thought he was in this category last year. But what I, do you think Bill Polian would do with this group? I don't know. I don't know. He, he would, would hold on to Nick Foles until he gets three first round picks. Is what he would do. <laughs> so you know, if you took this same group of players and handed them to one of those offensive coaches, are they averaging more than twenty? What is it? Twenty points per game? They've scored more than twenty five points once all season long. I will say yes. You know, I think they are. I think the passing game uh, would probably be significantly better. I, again, I think those other issues are fair to point out. But if I'm pointing at one more than anything else, uh, you know, I don't think the coaches have done a good job of utilizing their personnel. The scheme has not been as good as last year. Obviously, losing the coaches hurt. And uh, that would be kind of number one on my list there with the passing game. Yeah, I mean, I think there's plenty of uh, pieces of this pie to go around, obviously. You know, the offensive line has been not quite as good as it was last season. Although I thought it was interesting that Jeff Stoutland today during the assistant coach availability said that they've done a better job creating a pocket for the quarterback this year than they did last year. And so maybe that plays into, uh, maybe that was a focus because of Carson Wentz's health. But uh, they have not been as good. You know, the wide receivers have not been as dynamic. Carson has not been as good. And, but I agree with you. You know, you look at it, and it all comes. It, I, I, the the biggest thing is coaching. So you know, Gunter Brewer, Justin Peel, those guys are on the hot seat. I'm, I'm kidding, but it's. I, know, I, it's I, I want I someone. Someone, I someone needs to go. I think it's. I think. I think Doug Peterson would, uh, if you gave him some truth serum, serum would tell you that. He, he thinks that he needs to be doing a better job. It well, just I'm, feels awkward, the passing. Yeah, it's I mean, it's hard to well, find like, You anything. know, the Golden Tate thing we talk about, you know, it seems like they're trying to force-feed him the ball. They are not coming within the, the flow of the offense. The whole point of adding him, right, was so that he, you could stick him in the slot and he could be your safety valve on third down. And it seems like they're, they're forcing him these balls, and it's come to the detriment of not getting the ball to Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, for a while it was the, to the detriment of not getting the ball to Dallas Goddard, who, you know, frankly right now I think is better than Golden Tate in terms of uh, as a, a pass receiving option. So uh, it just seems like they haven't really figured out how best to use these guys. Yeah, it seems like a staff without a plan of how to use its personnel. I mean, the throws to Golden Tate, Carson Wentz is averaging 4.6 yards per attempt. That's brutal. I mean, that is pathetic, <laughs> and you watch it on film or live and whatever, and it's there. You know, they're just forcing the ball to him to justify the trade. They're not just using him as a traditional slot receiver. They're using these gadgety type plays. They're trying to get him the ball downfield, which really hasn't been his strength. And it's, yeah, it's taking away targets from Alshon Jeffrey, who's been good when he's gotten the ball. And you have a bunch of guys who just do the same thing. They work the intermediate part of the field and they work the middle part of the field. And it's like, all right, well, we'll rotate these guys in and out and we can't do anything else. And I think that has been a huge issue. One of these days, though, Shelton Gibson's really going to turn it on as the deep threat. His speed, it's there. (laughs) 
The only time I feel good about the Eagles passing him is when I watch Carson throw the ball and it's going towards Zach Ertz. I usually yeah, say, you know what? Incredible. Something's good's going to happen yeah. with that. And unbelievable. He's on. He's on pace to have like by far the most catches for a tight end ever. Yeah, he's having one of the greatest, really just receiving seasons. Anyone? You throw receivers in there too, just with his number of catches. It's been amazing. Eight at eight, seven two nine ninety four ninety four. That's how you hop in. Birds with friends will come back. And yes, you know what we do in the second segment. We debut a brand new bird pun as it pertains to the Eagles. Heroes is our theme. We'll tell you about it on the other side. 888-729-9494 on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yes, this is Birds with Friends Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gilio alongside Shukapati Bo Wolf of The Athletic, which will tell you about how you can sign up in just a few minutes. But our second segment every week, guys, we always have some sort of bird pun attached. And this week, we were thinking about guys that have to step up a little bit to get this team to where they go. So, Bo, why don't you, you you have the floor here. This is always, this is your, this is your baby. Well, this pun works a little bit better as a written pun than it does as a said pun. But uh, I need, I need a heron instead of hero. I need a hero. I could see I need see a heron. It. I could yeah, see it. It works a little bit better. That's good. Uh, it's not like text. we're on radio or. It's theater yeah. of the mind. The Twitter, it. the Twitter folks are going to love it. So, I want you to tell me if the Eagles are going to win the NFC East, who is going to be a hero? Who's going to be a heron? For this Eagles team, we'll go uh, go around the horn and uh, around the horn bill and give me one or two guys. Why don't, why don't we start with you, Shiel? I had a tough time with this, which probably isn't a good sign. Yeah, and I think I think it's fair to presume that you know Carson Wentz okay. is the obvious one. We, right. we we don't have to say yeah, Carson the quarterback Wentz. has to play well. Yeah, yeah, that that is the obvious one. I will go on the defensive side of the ball and say you know Jim Schwartz really praised Fletcher Cox a lot this week. Said he had a great game last week. It didn't show up. In the stat sheet, which is true, which is all good and well. But Fletcher Cox might just have to, like, win them a game. Like, like two sack. He can wreck a game now. Fumbles. He might just have to wreck a game. Like, can the, you know, let's create a turnover, do something, big spot. I mean, these games are going to come down to the end. They should have a chance. Really, this week, Fletcher Cox should have a monster game. Washington is without uh, all three of its starting interior linemen. They don't have a lot in terms of the skill position players. They've got... Colt McCoy back there, you know, maybe Monday night right away is a game where Fletcher Cox can say, you know what? I talked all about being defensive player of the year. He has four sacks on the season. That's not great. He does have 21 quarterback hits, which is tied for third in the NFL. So just convert some of those, get there a split second earlier, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, get some takeaways, help the offense a little bit. Uh, Lord knows the secondary is going to need it. So I will say, if they make a playoff push, we will be saying, "Oh, Fletcher Cox wrecks some game down, wreck some games down the stretch." You could sort of see, you know, Booger McFarland talking about him Ooh, all yeah, game long. I could see Jason that. Witten not really knowing what's going on, but you notice they keep phasing Jason out. <laughs> Every week, Booger talks more, and I, I forget Jason Witten's on the broadcast. I think that's probably for the best. Yeah, I think that's part of the plan ESPN has right now. All right, I'll give you one: uh, a guy that I think is going to have to be a hero if this team makes a run. We haven't talked about him much this year. I know he had an injury to start the season. Brandon Graham has a contract to play for. Ooh, where is he? And I sometimes I forget he's out there. Yeah. And he still plays the run, I, I think, pretty well. I mean, he's always good at that. But he hasn't gotten near the quarterback as much as he needs to. And I think if Fletcher steps up, Timmy Jernigan's back now, Michael Bennett's playing really well, it should leave one-on-ones for Brandon Graham to make some plays down the stretch. If they're going to make up for the secondary, if he, they just need to get after the quarterback a lot. And I think there's more to Brandon Graham than he's shown so far. And if he's going to get his money from somebody – he needs to be a hero for the Eagles. I mean, you do you do have to think about the mental side of that, don't you, with him? I, I mean, he's been, you know, he's worked his butt off for this team for years. He doesn't have the contract. 
He's got to get through five games to kind of get mm. this big payday. Um, you know, I, I just think it, it's probably a tough sort of mental state that we don't think about enough with some of these guys. But, yeah, I remember we did the show at the halfway point of the season, and we did a similar exercise. And I think I said Brandon Graham, and uh, I think he had one good game yeah. in there. But, uh, yeah, he, he's just been – it's been weird. He has been very quiet in terms of rushing the quarterback. I will go with the guy who we, we touched on last segment, and that is, uh, that is Alshon Jeffrey, who came on so strong in his first four games this season. His first four games of the year, he, had, he averaged six catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. He had three touchdowns in those games, went over uh, 70 yards receiving in three of the four games. The last four games, he has not topped 50 yards once. He's averaging four catches for 39 yards. He has no touchdowns. And I think part of this goes to what we said before, the, the scheming, uh, worrying too much about incorporating Golden Tate and the moving parts that you have. I'd like to see this offense, you know, put Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and Alshon Jeffrey on the field. You decide who the other receiver should be, Golden Tate or Nelson Aguilar. It doesn't really matter to me. And I want them throwing the ball to Aguilar and Ertz, and that's really about it. Give, I, want, I think Alshon Jeffrey needs like 10 targets a game. He's the only guy who can make contested catches. And he's also a guy who, you know, we've talked about this for a while now, is, you know, one of the under-the-radar, like, confident leaders in that locker room. Yeah. And I think that, that if they're going to make a push, I think it's going to come a little bit in the passing game on the heels of Alshon Jeffrey, on the hands of They it. forget about him at times. I'm not sure if it's Wentz not trying to throw the ball into traffic, because like you said, Shale, earlier, he's never really wide open. Yeah. But the first few games he was back, Wentz threw it to him, like the back of the end zone against the Giants where he, he scrambled out. We haven't seen any of that the last couple of weeks. And until the catch he had Sunday on the last drive, he didn't do he's, anything. He's sort of carrying the ball all willy-nilly. Oh, that yeah. was very funny. But he looked good. I mean, they, yeah, he's he, got juice in he, those legs. He looks like he has more juice in his legs than he did at any point uh, last season. So there, there's like some yards after the catch with him that you haven't seen throughout the course of his career. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just don't get it, sort of where they're going with the football in some of these plays. So we've got Fletcher. We have Brandon Graham. We have um, Alshon Jeffrey. Shield, what else you got? You know, I had Jeffrey written down, so I do think that is a good one. I'm going to go with, what do they call him, Swoldell Beckham? Swoldell. Swoldell Beckham, who is Corey Clement. You know, I don't know if he's fully healthy, but I look at some of the plays. I look at some of the kickoff returns. I look at the screen he had uh, in the fourth quarter of that drive, and I say, how is this guy not helping them more when they're in search of somebody to do something offensively. So whether it's screens, checkdowns, whether they're uh, having him run actual routes like a, like a Darren Sproles would do, I do feel like someone he, he's someone who can bring them some energy, make some plays. You know, just the skill position players, it's been such a struggle for them to make a guy miss or fight through a tackle. We just have barely seen that at all this year, and I think he's one of the guys who's capable of that. You go back to the postseason last year, the guy was a monster in the NFC title game, and then again, in the Super Bowl, feature him a little bit more. If he's healthy, get him out there, see if he can bring you some energy. You know, the game on Sunday was obviously the Josh Adams game, but I was almost more impressed with Corey Clement because the first time he showed burst in a long yeah. time. Like, It feels like Josh Adams is what he is. Like, You see it, you know it. If you gave him the ball 20 times, you kind of can predict what he's going to do. There's another gear to Corey Clement. Like We saw it last year, and we haven't seen it much this year. If he could keep doing that, that's a big difference. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is that as much as we, uh, as much as made of the really impressive Washington front three that they have, their run defense is not that good. They're, you know, they're eighth in the league, I think, in rushing yards allowed per game. But if you look at their run DVOA, they're like 26. They're not that good. They uh, give up all kinds of hidden yards. And I think 
that and uh, you know even the Rams game. The Rams are bad on defense. I think the Eagles are going to have three of these five games remaining big ru- rushing game opportunities. Ezekiel Elliott had what 120. I mean, yeah, Corey Clement is not Ezekiel Elliott, but you know they were able to run the ball pretty effectively against Washington on Thanksgiving. So yeah, I agree with you. You guys are setting up the calls already for next week. Run the ball, Doug. I Doug, know. run the football. But um, then you go to Dallas and they're good against the run. So throw the ball, Doug, yes. in Dallas. All right, I'm going to go. This is right up your alley uh, here, Bo. I'm going to go with Golden Tate. They traded a third Ooh. round pick for this guy. Yeah, why not? I like that. And he has to make some plays. I don't think it's been all his fault. I think some of it's just the way they're he trying to really, use him. He did make one really nice play last week. He did. That was he had, a nice contested catch on he, a bad throw by Carson Wentz. He did have a drop right over the middle, which he, I mean, he has to make the most of his opportunities. But I'd love to see him just catch a ball in space if they actually can get him in space and just run and make people miss. He did that a lot in Detroit. It's part of the reason why I think they traded for him is just give this guy the ball six yards from the line of scrimmage and maybe he runs through a tackle or two where he makes someone miss. They're not going to make big plays down the field. It feels like that's just the reality of this year's team for a million reasons. But he might be able to take a ball and go 40 yards. Maybe they should motion him one way, motion him the other, and then throw him a quick screen. Is that, oh, no, is that is that too obvious? Yeah, yeah, that, they, that didn't work and out. And they keep so trying well. it. They keep trying so it. Didn't that set up another play? It did. It did. Yes. Yeah, the screen to Goddard. Doug's it's, playing it's the long up. game. That's yeah, right. right. Oh, yeah. He, Joe G came armed with you for that one. <laughs> like that was that. pretty good. Golden Tate. He's got, he has. To, he just has to give more. What do you have? Four catches on Sunday. The timing yeah, just the seems so. All you know. In an ideal world, I'm with you. It just feels. And they should be able to incorporate him better. I mean, look at. It the, shouldn't be this hard. The Cowboys and Amari Cooper, or even didn't Demarius Thomas have like two touchdowns mm-hmm. on Monday night? And it's just like, why? You, did you not have a plan when you acquired this guy? And why is it taking so hard? To execute that plan, I mean, even the simplest throws to him seem so difficult. Plus, right him and Wentz are carving a turkey on on a turkey. Instagram yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like that should be enough to get some chemistry on the field. I agree. I'm going to go with the one that I'm sort of going with because I like the narrative of it. Let more than that, I actually necessarily story is better than facts. You know, the secondary has been uh, has been pretty putrid the last last few weeks. All these guys are falling down. And what happens if everybody's favorite whipping boy? Jalen Mills comes back. I love it. I don't know exactly how healthy he is. I don't know if he's ready to play this week or not, if it's still going to be a couple more weeks. But what if he comes back and is just average? And that averageness stands out because they've been so bad without him. You know, maybe one one thing that Jalen Mills does do is tackle pretty well, and, and that is something that they have been missing in the secondary. And they're going up. They've got this run of games against, you know, teams who will throw you the ball. If he's back for Washington, Colt McCoy is going to throw you the ball. Uh, Dak Prescott is not that good. Even Houston, you know, they'll turn the ball over. So, you know, if Jalen Mills can get back, see him making a few plays, wagging that finger, the Eagles, the Eagles get a few defensive stops. Why not? Everybody, everybody turns their that turns their opinion around on uh, on Jalen Mills. Has he had an interception? I like can't picture him <laughs> intercepting. The he ball. had he had a touchdown last year. He did. Okay, all right. Jalen goes from enemy number one to a hero. It could happen. It does. It's not going to take a lot. Well, I'll tell you when it does happen. I, this week, I think they could win without him. I want him back for the Dallas game because if he covers and shuts down Amari Cooper and mm-hmm. has a pick of Dak Prescott, yeah. okay. everyone turns their opinion on Jalen Mills. Yeah, Amari Cooper's wide open, but it's overthrown, and Jalen Mills is wagging that finger all over the place. <laughs> it's all me. It's That's all right. me. You know. It is it is interesting with him because he it, I think him being out has shown what he is. He's a, he's yeah. a decent player, if not a pretty good player. And you see it, the guys behind him aren't as good as Jalen Mills. I think, but yeah, I think Bo made a good point in the run game specifically. They're balancing these runs, and it's a, a running back versus a cornerback one on one, and they're turning into like forty yard gains. Whereas that's the one thing he can really do is he can come up uh, in run support, and he is a good tackler, even though he does. Uh, he does struggle in cover, so that's a. Did you see his pregame speech from uh, 
last week. I didn't. Circulating on social media. Did it move Michael Bennett? Uh, no, it did not. If for, for that wasn't the reason Bennett played well? What, what uh, Bo's referring to, to anyone who saw Doug Peterson's post-game speech, if you haven't, Check I it out you on, to, yeah, on the Eagles website, on, I think you can see uh, it. On the Eagles website, Doug Peterson is giving this impassioned uh, post-game speech, and it has Michael Bennett, I think Corey Graham is next to him, <laughs> yeah. right behind Doug Peterson. And Bennett, like, couldn't have been more disinterested. He was barely Not paying attention. Like, he could have been looking at his <laughs> yeah, phone or something yeah. like that. Like, it seems like it Michael amazing. Bennett, if he's not Meanwhile, interested. Meanwhile, he, like, he played through this injury and had a big game. Yeah. Like, If he's not interested in what you're saying, he's going to completely tune yeah. you out. I think yeah. that's probably right. He's a little bit like me in that way. I'm not, I'm, I'm not good at faking it. Yeah. If you're not interested, you're going to close your eyes That's and go right. to sleep and then pretend. Um, but, no, I, I like the Jalen Mills one. And I think that they got away with it on Sunday. I don't know how they did it. Like, I know Jim Schwartz adjusted a little bit in the second half, and they were Malcolm asked it to be sim- more simple in the defensive backfield. I, they need someone to come back, whether it's Jalen, whether it's Maddox. They can't Sydney keep, Jones, Sydney maybe. Jones. They yeah. can't keep getting away with those guys they had out there. It sounds like they are going to get at least one guy back. We just don't really yet know who that's going to be. So they move from week to week to day, day to day? Is that the Doug speak? Somebody's moving day to day, yeah. We'll see who it is. They they might be able to beat Washington with a similar secondary. They're not going to beat Dallas with the, the guys they rolled out there on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Washington's wide receivers are terrible. They're going to roll Josh Doxson out there. It's really the tight ends you have to worry about. But in all fairness, we talked to Nigel Bradham today. He's got a big cast on his thumb. Camus Grugier-Hill has a big cast on his thumb. So you have your two sub-package linebackers with two good thumbs total. The cast brothers. I wonder the if, the, if the Nigel Bradham cast thing is going to be like sort of a rookie of the year deal where like, you know, all of a sudden now he's going to be able to catch. Maybe. That'd be good. Henry Rowan Gardner. Yeah. yeah. That's it. You don't hear that reference every day. Well, 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 maybe well thank the, you for picking it up. Maybe the magic is there with Henry Rowan Gardner playing linebacker for the Eagles. All right. Eight at eight, seven, two, nine, 94, 94. If you guys want to hop in before uh, I read what I have to read here, guys, why don't you tell everyone about the athletic bow and how they could sign up and be uh, read you guys and check out what you're doing. Theathletic.com slash WIP gets you 30% off and a free seven-day trial. So you can click around, read all kinds of good sports stories from Shiel, from me, from Derek Bodner, from Matt Gelb, all the good stuff going on uh, with this city, sports-wise. We've got you covered. I promise you'll like it. And a lot is going on. Read it at The Athletic. All right, we'll, uh, we'll come back. We've got to get into, let's talk about the NFCs and kind of the road to a division title for somebody, but... Maybe the Eagles. Five games left, three against the division. We'll talk about each team, their schedules, and what we think might happen down the stretch. If you haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet, now is the perfect time because FanDuel Sportsbook is offering a $500 risk-free bet. That's a $500 bet completely risk-free. Not sure what to use your $500 risk-free bet on. I take a look at Houston at home against Cleveland. That's a game I am thinking about playing on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And don't forget, you can place a $500 risk-free bet on Houston against Cleveland when you use my promo code Gilio, G-I-G-L-I-O. Right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is only available in New Jersey. You can download the app, deposit, and check out the lines from anywhere, but you'll only be able to place bets in the Garden State. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to bet from anywhere in New Jersey. Sign up with promo code Gilio. Make your first bet on any money line, spread, prop, or whatever you want. If you lose, FanDuel Sportsbook will give you a refund and site credit of up to 500 bucks. So download FanDuel Sportsbook now and claim your $500 risk-free bet before it's too late. Welcome back. Birds with Friends Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Bo Wolf, Shio Kapati of The Athletic with us in studio. 888-729-9494 to hop in. And all right, guys, let's, let's look ahead here. So the Eagles have five games left. Everyone has five games left. They are one back of the division lead right now. 
uh, which the Washington Redskins hold, and the Cowboys are, are with the, that team. Could, everyone could be 6-6 six six after this weekend, but just big picture here. Right now, who's the best team in this division, Shield? Dallas. Mike on. Good. Got it. Dallas. I think it's the Cowboys. I think it's the Cowboys. Have you looked at the Vegas odds on these? On the division? The Cowboys are the heavy favorites at minus 160. Eagles are plus 225. And Washington, plus 500. No respect for Colt McCoy. Well, would you have much respect for Colt McCoy? No, nor should the gambling public. uh, They've got guys whose limbs are falling off all over the place. They had their week four bye, so I think they're they're probably done. Do you agree? I agree. I think right now Dallas is the best team. I mean, they came in here and into Philadelphia and won. Their defense is probably, uh, of these three teams, the Cowboys' defense is probably the only good unit among the, th- the six. kind of sad. Among the six units. I think that's right. They do, two, you know, they do a couple things that I really like. You know, they can obviously pressure the quarterback. They're up there in terms of sacks. And then they allow very few explosive plays uh, on defense. And their linebackers are fantastic. So is it an elite unit? No, it's not an elite unit, but I, I agree with you. I do think they have a pretty good defense, and you look at Washington's offense and the Eagles' offense, I mean, they can't score on bad defenses. So uh, I think I agree with that assessment. All right, I, I'm on with you guys. Dallas right now is the best team. We, we all can agree on that. Let's play this thing out, and then we'll take a phone call here. But let's play this thing out. Wash, let's play Washington's schedule out, just for argument's sake. Sure. They are at 6-5 and five right now, and the Redskins are here Monday night. I feel like the Eagles are going to win the football game. Well, yeah. They're six-point underdogs. We'll give them a loss. Okay. Then they're home against the Giants the following week. The Redskins could win that game. We'll give them a win, yeah. All right, yeah. That gets them seven wins. Then they go to Jacksonville the next week. A free-falling mm, Jaguars tough, team. Tough to take out Cody Kessler at home, but let's give them a win. That gives the Redskins eight wins. Then they go to Tennessee in week 16. Tennessee probably at that point, is they need every win. Be in it. They oh, that's a loss. Yeah, yeah. That's a loss. That leaves the Redskins. Giving them a lot. They, they could win that. That's not impossible. But they could also lose that Giants and Jags game. So yeah, if yeah, we're yeah. looking at the three, I, I think they're I definitely think losing right. one of those. Yes. So we put the Redskins at eight and seven heading into the final week of the season. Let's leave them it's there. Not so bad, yeah. All right, so Dallas is at six and five right now. They are home tomorrow night against the New Orleans Saints. They are major underdogs at home, like seven and a half, eight point underdogs half, at home. Yep. I think there's a chance they play with them tomorrow night. I don't think they're going to win the game. I think New Orleans is too good. It does feel like one of these games the Saints have to either drop or have yeah, they're it gonna, last they're second. They're going to go like too much Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah. This nonsense that they do. But I still think these Saints are going to win that game. All right, so that puts Dallas at 6-6. Six and six. By the way. I, I mean, if I, Dallas wins that game, the division is probably over. When you, when you went over Washington's schedule, I just thought, could there be any more fitting and pathetic way for this season to end yeah. than by losing to Colt McCoy? With the division on the line, and they get they in get into 17. the playoffs at nine and seven. Well, it, that well, is a very <laughs> NFC East way for this. Yeah, and it's possible. <laughs> it's yeah. possible. That schedule is not is not. Yeah. Yeah, that's doable. All right, sorry. All right, go so ahead. we have the Cowboys at six and six. Let's leave the Eagles game out of it for a second. Okay. They after the Eagles game, they go to Indianapolis. Well, you're not beating Frank Reich. Come the on. The FFR is fighting Frank Reich. Right, nobody, nobody takes them out. That's seven losses for them. They host the Bucks on December 23rd. That seems like an easy should, win. Should be a win. All right, that may, I, I, I could almost see knowing Dallas. I could almost see them like flipping Flip-flop. it, like winning in uh, beating the Saints, be, or no, beating the Colts, or even beating the Saints. Yeah, but then losing to the Bucks at home. Okay, then they have the Cowboys at the Giants in Week Seventeen. Cool. Mm, no, there's nobody better 
in a meaningless Week 17 game, Joe, to lose draft positioning than yeah. Pat Shermer. That's true. Well, it feels like, before we touch on the Eagles, it feels like the NFC East will be decided two Sundays from now in Dallas. So what did we have the Cowboys with without counting that Eagles without game? Without counting the Eagles game. So they, they go 6-6 six and six with the Saints, 6-7 uh, and seven with the Colts, 7-7, seven and 8-7. Seven, and seven. Mm. Okay. 8-7, and seven, yeah, not right. including the Eagles game. Now let's mm-hmm. do the Eagles. We have them beating the Redskins. Yes. To get them back, back to 6-6. I mean, six and we'll six. say for the argument. We'll say for, for now purpose. they beat Washington, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are probably going to lose to the Rams. I think that's fair. Yes. 6-7. and seven, Well, the, I mean, you know, Shields, Sean McVay thing, There's no, they got no chance. They might as well not even fly across the country. That's the guy's pr- too that good. That might be smart, actually. Rest the guys up for yeah, the following save those, save those miles. Could yeah. they forfeit a game? Maybe. Rest up. All right. So seven, I mean, they've been forfeiting possessions. They might as well forfeit a game. <laughs> they basically forfeit the whole first quarter <laughs> Every all time they long. punt, yeah. Six and seven. We're not counting the Cowboys game after the Rams game. Then the Eagles will be home for the Houston. Texans. Mm. That's a. I mean, that's critical. I. I think the Eagles can win that. They game. They can win. I think. Yeah, I think they can win that game. Even though the Texans are what eight and three now, I feel like the Eagles will probably be a slight favorite. In that right game. now, they are. They are two and a half point favorites. Oh, they already have that out there? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. So they would be a favorite yeah. in that game. Yeah. So that gives them seven wins. Now we have to have week 17 against Washington, who already have it eight and seven, and the Dallas game. Got to win them both. The Dallas, I mean, it's going to come down to the Eagles-Cowboys game two weeks from assuming, now. Assuming this week goes as we expect, Eagles win, Cowboys lose, then I think it does. But that doesn't mean it's a slam dunk for the Eagles. No, also, we, yeah, you're right. The way we played it out, Dallas could still get to nine wins with the Eagles' loss, and right. it would be a split on the season. And I looked up the opponent's winning percentage. Eagles opponents have a 655 winning percentage. Pretty good. Cowboys 509, Washington 382, but mm. I feel like it's a uh, I'm going to regret saying this probably a month from now. I feel like it's a two-team race. It's hard for me, although given the schedule, yeah, I just run out. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should go back. Coming in, I thought it was a two-team race, Eagles and the Cowboys, but my gosh, those are some terrible let me, teams. Let me ask you this. If, if I told you right now that the Eagles are not going to the playoffs, what is better for the NFC East for the Eagles long-term? The Cowboys win the division. Jason Garrett gets to keep his job. Maybe Dak Prescott gets a mega, mega extension. Or Washington wins a division. Jay Gruden gets to keep his job. Maybe Colt McCoy plays out of his mind, and they think he's the quarterback of the future. I think the best thing for the Eagles is Jerry Jones committing to Jason yes. Garrett and Dak Prescott. I think that's probably right. Yeah, I, I, I see a scenario, guys, where everyone walks in in Week 17 at 8-7. and seven. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Sure would. Then, I don't know. then what happened? Who does Dallas? Dallas has the Giants. Dallas has the Giants, yeah. so they probably get to 9. It, this might be a tiebreaker. We would have to look up the— we uh, got a lot of work. You guys have a lot of work to do. Well, I enjoy doing a nice uh, playoff <laughs> well, scenario. We, I'll tell you that much. So right, I mean, if if the Eagles got there, they would be five and one in the division, right? It, yes, they need to beat the Cowboys. They need to beat the Redskins. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. ready. Beat the Giants twice. And what has Dallas done? Dallas has beaten the Giants once. They've beaten the Eagles once. They've beaten the Redskins once. They're three and zero in the division. Mm, okay, with the Eagles. And so we'd they'd have at least one loss to the Eagles. So yeah, they so they'd be both five and one. I don't know what the yeah. What's the next thing? We would have some we work to get to our do boy Dennis with those uh, on the line with those playoff scenarios. But you know what? When you mentioned Jason Garrett, and we're thinking about what is the possible uh, bright spot for the Eagles. You know, if sometimes if you just boil it down to the infrastructure, coach, quarterback, they have the edge. They have the edge over the other two teams, even though. 
Doug Peterson has not coached his best. And even though Carson Wentz has not played his best, I mean, if you took a poll of 32 GMs in the NFL and you said, you know, Garrett Dak, Wentz, Doug, or Colt McCoy, Jay Gruden for the final month of the season, uh, Eagles are going to win overwhelmingly there. Can it be enough? Can those two guys, can Wentz raise his level of play, put the team on his back? Can Doug remember who he was last year, scheme some stuff up, take a whiff. make some aggressive decisions, take a whiff? They still have time. They still have time to do it. Do you know what Jason Garrett would say to that? He would just clap. Yeah. That's what he does. That's what Jason Garrett does. That they, really is the silver lining for the Eagles, if they are to. I think the most likely scenario is they beat Washington and they lose to Dallas, and that's pretty much it. But you're right. There is that silver lining that then Jason Garrett stays for another year. Uh, Dak Prescott gets the big extension. That's probably good for the Eagles in the NFC East long term. There's different paths for the Eagles, but none, none of them works unless they beat Dallas in Dallas. They have to beat the Redskins and beat the Cowboys. If they do that... They have a real chance to win this division, and the Eagles aren't very good. We've said that over and over. Yeah, but, I mean, is this team good enough to win those games? They haven't won back-to-back all season. They have not won back-to-back games all season long. So you're talking about potentially winning three in a row. Carson Wentz and Doug, like Doug Goff, what you said, Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson should be able to beat Colt McCoy and Jake Rudin. Uh, You're right. And they should be able to beat Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott. They should. Will they? They should have been able to beat Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott at home. No, that's true. They should have been able to beat... Uh, Marcus Mariota and Ken Vrabel. And Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Ken Vrabel. It's, Ken better, Vrabel. It's, it's better that his name yeah. is Ken. Ken. From now on, he is Ken Vrabel. Are you mixing up with Ken Wisenhunt? Yeah, I probably was. There's another yeah. average coach or below average coach. Let's, let's grab a phone call. Todd is in South Philly on Birds of Friends. Hey, Todd. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Good, Todd. What's up? Uh, so I wanted to talk about my Herrett for the rest of the year, and I'm going to go with Jordan Hicks. Ooh, I like that. Because... So my reasoning for that is because the the position we were most worried about throughout the offseason, or at least I was, was definitely the weak side linebacker position. Even though nickel corner typically plays more, we were all worried about, is it going to be Nate Gary? Is it going to be Camus? And Camus is definitely the least talented linebacker of the starting three, and he's making the most plays. Like, Nigel Bradham hasn't been making plays. I haven't heard Jordan Hicks' name called once this year, and I watch and listen to every game religiously. <laughs> they are not playing up to the level that they should be. And Jordan Hicks is almost on a contract year if he's not already. So it's time for him to step up his game, start stuffing these run teams that we're coming up against the next couple weeks with the Rams against Todd Gurley. Lamar Miller's not bad. Uh, we've got to go against Zeke again, Adrian Peterson. Uh, it's time for Jordan Hicks to step up and put his money where his mouth is. Well, he needs to play. He needs to get on the field like and play one. again. Uh, you know, it is a good one, Todd. And he, he has not had a great season. Like, I saw maybe one of you guys at the set a couple weeks ago. He, he played a lot of the snaps before he, he got was, hurt. Uh, before he got hurt, he was the only guy who had played every snap all season long. But they weren't very impactful snaps. No. You know, he made, he, he made one play all year long, and that was the, the tipped interception to Camus against the Giants. Right? Yeah, it, Todd, we appreciate the call. I tell you, I, I don't know what the Eagles do with him in the offseason. This is his contract year. Yeah, no, that that actually is a very uh, interesting one. That's a good call because we were talking about Brandon Graham earlier and, you know, trying same to type get of thing. the same type of thing. But I feel like of the guys, and you can throw Nelson Aguilar, I mean, he's on his fifth-year option next year, but they could do something with him this offseason. Golden Tate, probably I don't think his stock is going to be impacted that much by what he does down the stretch. But Jordan Hicks is a guy 
that I, I feel like if he all of a sudden comes back and is making plays and keys this playoff run and maybe makes a big play in week 17 or in a playoff game, that maybe, maybe you know, whether it's the Eagles or other teams may take notice a little bit. And so maybe he does of that group. You could argue he has kind of the most to gain uh, of anybody financially with a strong finish. So that, that's a good one. Let's grab Mike in Wallingford up on Birds and Friends. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing, buddy? What's on your mind? Hey, so, I mean, the only thing that really kind of concerns me is more that, I mean, even if the Eagles manage to win over their division and they make it into the playoffs, I mean, at some point they're going to run into the Rams. They're going to run into the Saints. You know, what happens in that game in the playoffs? I, I mean, I know you can get on the streak and you can make things happen, but I just don't know if they're good enough to win that game. So what good did making the playoffs really do? Well, I, I mean, you're probably right, Mike. If I had to bet, I would not bet them to beat those teams in the playoffs. But you still want to make the playoffs. I don't see the benefit really to not making the playoffs other than we're going to be disappointed on a Sunday or a Saturday in January. I'll give you the benefit. They give Carson Wentz his first playoff that's game. A, that's what I was going to say. You know, well, first of all, you get a shot. You get to the dance. Yeah. Anything can happen, it's right? It's fun. It's fun. Playoff fun. games are and, fun. And if you get there, presumably Carson Wentz has turned up his game a little bit. And so, yeah. Get Carson Wentz some some playoff reps, and who knows what happens. But but you are right. There is the ceiling that we thought right. m- maybe was there like a few weeks ago. I mean, I don't think it's there. I, I don't see how anyone can watch this team and think that it's there. But uh, yeah, I think it's always better to you know you get an extra game to watch. You you go with your friends or you uh, watch it somewhere, and you might end end the day very disappointed. But it's, so what? It's impossible to imagine this team getting anywhere beyond the second round. I think. I think that's fair. There's one comp, though, before we end this yeah. week that I, I've been thinking about, and I don't know if it's going to happen. It's kind of like the Falcons last year. They had the Super Bowl the year before, then they lost the game. They came back. They couldn't score anymore for whatever reason. They got in a run in the second half. They played better. They, they made the playoffs. They won a road playoff game, which the Eagles would have a home one, and then they were one catch away yeah. from going back to the All NFC right. title game. Okay, good one. So there's just, you know, it's not over yet. It, it does happen. You know, I was looking at uh, my first year in Seattle. They were 4-5 four and five or 4-6, and six, and then they won five of their last six, and uh, they were scoring 30-plus points all of a sudden. Five games in a row, and they actually told the story that their season swung on a plane ride home after losing to the Saints in New Orleans. So maybe there can be some symmetry there. We've talked about the Aaron Rodgers years before. It's just so tough to say right now because they've shown no signs of being that team. But the quarterback is there. The coach is there. The upside is there that, who knows, maybe uh, they'll surprise us Monday night. And two games against Colt McCoy are there. That That helps. helps. Yeah, And you got Jalen Mills' wagon finger coming coming back. The hero, he's going to come back and save the day. Guys, this was a fun Birds of Friends. We'll do it next week. And uh, Shield, tell everyone how they could sign up to read you guys at The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash WIP. That gets you 30% off and a seven-day free trial. Eagles, Flyers, Phillies, Sixers, we've got it all covered with stuff you will not be able to find elsewhere. Give it a spin. See what you think. Theathletic.com slash WIP. We appreciate Sheila and Bo being here. We'll come back. Hot Stove check-in. A lot to get into in the 9 o'clock hour. 888-729-9494 on Sports Radio 94 WIP.